Just Go With It is a podcast hosted by two millennials who swear. And also, it's about horror films, so listener discretion is advised. We will put specific content warnings in the show notes. Boo. <laughs> And away we go. Did you like that? That was really inspirational. <laughs> I don't know why I did it. It like brought me to a new plane of existence that I didn't know that I, I was, was ready for. <laughs> I was channeling Don's. You were channeling Don Knox. Yeah, <laughs> he has a special way of talking. The ghost moves through you. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Everything he does is like, oh, I've been down in this. And I'm like, oh, Don. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. on board. Oh, man. Speaking of being on board with Don Knotts. You'd have to be to watch this film. <laughs> this week's horror film. Uh-huh. Scariest movie Kate's ever seen. <laughs> Hold on real quick. With the tagline, you'll be so scared, you'll be scared until you laugh yourself silly. Yeah. <laughs> the ghost in Mr. Chicken. In my defense. <laughs> I don't. What is it? The last time I saw this, I was like eight. All right, fine. And it was very frightening to me. And I never I watched like it again. You were like, I was eight and I watched The Ghost of Mr. Chicken. It really fucked me up. And I'm like, I was eight and I watched The Exorcist. And it really fucked me up. <laughs> I have not made it a secret that I did not start watching horror until like college. <laughs> I'm so fucking happy that this is... I got the mug too. Yep. Kate made me some... It's not even tea. It's just hot lemon juice, basically. Honey lemon juice. It's like a hot toddy with no alcohol. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm using The Ghost of Mr. Chicken mug mm-hmm. that we got you for birthday yeah. not last year you're before right yeah, time. My who knows fake. who fucking knows <laughs> but uh we're talking about the ghost of chicken. Chicken. i'm already like crying <laughs> laughing because i really did laugh myself silly yeah i was alone watching this movie and i was like ha! And i was like it got me <laughs> multiple times watch the prints on that <laughs> i'm worried because i don't know what the scariest moment is but i can tell you the one that made me laugh the hardest Oh, I need to know. So, well, maybe we'll wait, because maybe, I don't know what my scariest moment will be, but I'll just, we'll see. (laughs) Would you like a few facts about the ghost of Mr. Chicken? I would love facts Yeah, I was like, I know you would. (laughs) I can't. I'm so excited. All right. Hold on. I was on the wrong page. Everyone forgive me. Okay. Some ASMR. Some page turning ASMR. I literally did a recording of me flipping book pages for a reel that I made for oh, me and yeah. my sister's bookstagram. It's fun. Uh, the Ghost of Mr. Chicken, directed by Alan Rafkin, also did Ski Party, The Shakiest Gun in the West, Angel in My Pocket, The Good Guys, How to Frame a Fig, and The Love Boat. <laughs> Good stuff. Love to see it. Uh, so it was written by Jim Fritzel and Everett Greenbaum. So they were like a duo. Little little duo. In my head, I wanted them to be like together. Yeah, Yeah, I was like, because the way it was written, um, like what they were, I was like, they were in a twenty-two year, and I went partnership, but then it was creative partnership, close friendship. Yeah, okay, best friends, writing partners. Mm -hmm. Okay, Mm -hmm. probably weren't. I don't know. I don't know their life. I mean, I can't say, but but they wrote for twenty-two years together. Dang, and they lived in happy, happy bliss. Yes, Uh, their wives were best friends too. Uh, so the things that they wrote, uh, The Real McCoys, uh, The Andy Griffith Show, I'm mm. assuming they wrote like things for that, uh, 35 episodes of MASH, 
Uh, they also did The Reluctant Astronaut, which is another, like, one in the series of Ghost Mr. Chicken. Yeah. Um, the Shakey's Gun in the West, another one. Uh, An Angel in My Pocket. So it seems like they all kind of yeah. stuck together, this crew. Yeah. And that was a really common thing in that, like, era of Hollywood mm-hmm. where we talked about it, I think. When did we talk about it? We talked about we it. We did talk about uh, it. Where it's, like, the studio owned them. Yes. So it's, like, they all kind of just, like, whoop, stuck yep. together. They travel with their homeroom. The cinematography was William. This is the name I don't know. So it's William. I think it's Margiles. Okay. Because it's M-A-R-G-U-I-L-E-S. How do you spell Margulie? The woman that's in, um, is what? it The Good Wife? I have no idea who this person is. Yeah, Juliana Margulies. Uh, it's is definitely it? spelled like it sounds, though, so I have okay. no ideas. <laughs> well, maybe it's William Margulies. Perhaps it's Margiles. But this person, this cinematographer, <laughs> made The Lawless Years, Have Gun Will Travel, Outlaws, and Jungle Heat. Huh. Everything until Jungle Heat yeah. felt very Western. I was like, okay, okay. Oh. And then oh. I saw the, I saw the like, poster for Jungle Heat, and I was like, what's going on with Jungle oh. Heat? I was like, all right, okay. Who knows what it's about, but it looked, it potentially looked racist <gasps> well. or sexy. Or sexy and unfortunately also racist. Yes, that sounds... It's hard to say, but this <laughs> yeah. was the 60s after all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was the cinematography. Music was by Vic Mizzy. What yeah. a good name. It's a good name. I like that. Uh, best known for the themes to the 1960s sitcoms Green Acres and the Addams Family. Yeah. Uh, composed music for Shirley Temple's storybook. Oh. I know. I was like, that's adorable. That's cute. Um... I don't have how much it made. A real bummer. I looked and I couldn't find anything. I could find the budget though. Okay. The budget was, do you want to guess the budget? Let's do that instead. 50,000. 700,000 actually. Oh. <laughs> well, I was correct that it's under a million. But that could be potentially with, like that could be how much it was now. I don't know. It's probably pre-inflation. Like, That's kind of what I thought. Yeah. But I was like, I don't know. It yeah. didn't say. So... I'm guessing that's just a raw number, not adjusted. Okay, good. Well, 700,000 then. And I have a few fun facts that Kate already knows, but you guys don't, so it's fine. (laughs) Um, Whatever. So, let's see. I'm doing this new thing. Excuse me. No. Sorry. A neighbor made a noise, and it's our time. It is our time. And it's not the delightful neighbors (sighs) that I love desperately. They can make as much noise as they want. I love them. Uh, Okay, so the Simmons Mansion, Uh you know, the spooky house. It's not the Munster House, no. although they are next door to each other <gasps> at the new relocated Colonial Street with the Munster House on the right. Originally, they were on the old Colonial Street, which was located next to New York Street and Courthouse Square. Neat, neat, neat. But here, I don't know why I said neat, neat, neat. <laughs> I was like, well, okay. <laughs> it new, wasn't it? Yeah. A fun fact you might not know, maybe you do. I don't know. Uh, so this house also appeared, uh, as the Dowd house in the film Harvey, mm-hmm. um, and with several alterations to the architecture, served as the home of Gabrielle Solis and Desperate Housewives. Oh my God. <laughs> I think that's very funny. That's amazing. <laughs> I just need, just in any episode, just like the chord. Right? Like the organ music. I just need it. I need it. Um... Another fun fact, not personally called the Bonami Company president to get permission to mention the cleaning product's name mm-hmm. in one of the film's running gags. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Knott's drove an Etzel Corsair, which was considered a commercial failure. Yep. And it bolstered his character as quirky. So he makes, it's like, I reversed my Edsel. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, and then the, I might already know this, but the original cut of the film included a scene where the portrait stabbing was explained. Mm-hmm. So Kelsey had printed a copy of the portrait and placed on the backside of one of the landings of the staircase. When pressing a secret button, the portrait turned to reveal the shears stuck in the throat with red paint. This scene was cut from all other prints and has only been seen a few times in theaters. Wow. <laughs> and some television showings. Oh. Yeah. Fascinating. So, look at that. And if you're super interested and you want to watch a bunch of other movies that are just like this one, uh, this was a multiple, multiple movie deal with Universal, starting with this movie. And then it went on to make The Reluctant Astronaut, Shakiest Gun in the West, The Love God, question mark, <laughs> and How to Frame a Fig. Oh. <laughs> oh. And there you have it. Nice. Yeah. So. That's fun. Isn't that fun? Yeah. I like it. I, I thought that was nice. And then also the, the actress that played Alma had to wear the wig because she was too sexy as a blonde, mm-hmm. which I thought is really funny. Because yeah. she was a Playboy cover model. Yeah. And they were like, too much blonde. It said something about like, it said like, oh, was a Playboy cover model. And then it says, did tastefully semi-nude photos. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, I believe you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she was a blonde and they were like, no, too sexy. Yep. Too much. Too hot. She was already cute as hell. Yeah, she was. I was watching this and I was like, Hello? You know who she looked like? Who? Becky. Keith's wife from the Try Guys. I know, drama. But she does. I'm sorry to mention the Try Guys. But we'll cut it out. But she lets who she looks like. Yeah, I, I see it. Right? Yeah. Do you see it? She popped yeah. up and I went, Becky? Yeah, <laughs> I was like, you're moving? That's arguably the least dramatic of the Try Guys to mention at this moment. I know. <laughs> I was like, honestly, they're fine. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how to sum this one up. I feel like it's easy, and yet I don't have any idea. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot happens in this tight night. Yeah, game. like it's it, <laughs> it just went in directions that I was like, "Pardon me, what?" I did not remember the courtroom scene as a child. Oh, um, a reporter who is looking for a wild story to tell goes to a haunted house and sees ghosts. But did he? Ooh. Question mark? Question mark? Did he? Did he? I don't know. You gotta watch it by now. A scamp. Okay. Sometimes you gotta compliment yourself, you know? Really pump yeah, yourself up. Like, Good job, Nikki. me. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, that's what I got. Okay, Rotten Tomatoes has. Oh, God. Looking to score a break as a newspaper reporter and impress beautiful Alma Parker, milk toast typesetter Luther Heggs pitches a story <laughs> about his small town's haunted house. When his editor insists Luther spend the night alone in the spooky mansion, where a grisly murder-suicide had taken place decades earlier, the Tibbin reporter learns that the house contains a supernatural resident who does not like visitors. Ooh! Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is basically the same thing. Yeah. They, milk they toast. Always, I really missed out on calling him milk toast. Yeah. <laughs> I, there's something about Don Knotts that makes me think, and this is wrong, I know, but whenever I hear him talk, mm-hmm. I think I could do a perfect impression of Don Knotts. I need it. Oh, I don't think I can. <laughs> I just, I hear him talk and I go, I could do that. And then I've never tried. That's <laughs> the time. I know, but what does he even say? I need like a sentence. Uh, you're dead. <laughs> but you're dead. <laughs> that was pretty that? good. Yeah. That's pretty good, right? Yeah. I feel like I could do better. I just got to hear it, you yeah, know? Yeah, like yeah. I really got to take it in. Uh-huh. I'm trying to think of other things he says, but I don't know. Uh, he just says a I'll lot. I'll never forget it as long as I live. <laughs> I'll never forget as long as I live. You got it. You got the like tremble in there. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I picture. It's just him constantly going. Ah! I picture him like wiggling while he talks he so does. that he can He's get like, that like vibration. <laughs> 
love the way that man talks. <laughs> crying already. This movie is the funniest. And scary. So scary. So, so scary. scary. <laughs> I don't know what in the world you're going to yeah. talk about, but I I'm excited. for a while. Yeah. Okay. I was like, I was watching it going, good luck. <laughs> I know. I was... Once we actually chose it and I like settled down to watch it, I was like, I may have shot myself in the foot here. (laughs) I was like, I may have really goofed. (laughs) It was so fun. (laughs) Uh, So I covered Haunted Houses last Mm -hmm. week and I wasn't entirely sure what I'd covered this week. Right. Because this is a horror comedy. We've already talked about horror comedy. We have, yeah. Extensively. And uh, I'd already covered Haunted Houses. It's a... Yeah. So well, it makes sense to cover house. it with the haunted house that's actually haunted, yes. you know? Yes. <laughs> so. Then I recalled the most memorable aspect of the film when I was a kid. Yeah. The thing that I still remember, aside from the blood on the keys, even though they used Bonami. 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 The music. There was something about the score that just stays with you, at least for me. It's very good. I wasn't quite sure what it was, but when I was doing my trope notes, I oh, came oh. across the term that hit the nail on the head for why this movie score stayed stuck in my brain. Yeah. Leitmotif. <laughs> Yeah. So first off, for anyone that's unfamiliar, which would have been me, uh, what is a leitmotif? Sorry. (laughs) I don't know why that word's just so fun. (laughs) Bonami. Bonami. So what is leitmotif? How are they used in the film? How is it used in The Ghost of Mr. Chicken specifically? (laughs) We've got a selection of definitions at our disposal, so let's cobble them together. A motif is a recurring image, sound, etc. that helps reinforce the theme and the mood. But that's a broader definition that captures music, literature, film, etc. If we want to narrow our focus on music for a moment, a motif is, quote, simply the smallest unit of a single piece of music that has thematic or structural identity. Oh, okay. Thank you. Hello, music theory. <laughs> Thank you. My partner. My partner. <laughs> uh, leitmotif, as a word, comes from the German phrase of leading motive. Mm-hmm. And, quote, although a leitmotif is usually a melody, it can also be a specific chord progression or even a rhythm. A leitmotif is different from a regular motif because a leitmotif is always associated with something that is not the music. This is why leitmotifs are mainly nowadays used in film music, and they're associated with a specific character or place in the film. Okay. There's some flexibility in the way it can manifest. Mm -hmm. The definition I just provided, courtesy of our friends at Hello Music Theory, (laughs) is specifically how they're used in... Like, music within film. Film. Yeah. Film. Film. Film and Louise. <laughs> film and Louise. That got me. <laughs> you already primed. Yeah. Film and Louise. <laughs> there are also literary and filmic leitmotifs that don't invo- involve music. Mm-hmm. But for our purposes, it's a melodic phrase or series of overtures that are often tied to a person, place, situation, idea, etc. Yeah. I learned best through examples. So let's have some of those. Woo, 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 woo. Woo. Darth Vader. (laughs) I thought that you were just saying that. Like, yeah, that's my new thing that I exclaim. And I almost just went, yeah, Darth Vader. (laughs) Wow. Sorry. Darth Darth Vader has his entrance music. He does. Yeah. Uh, The Imperial March. So it's a recurring melodic phrase that plays when he enters the scene. Yes. It's sinister and moody, and it reminds us that he's a baddie. Are you a baddie? Okay? Yeah, sorry. Are just... we the baddies? <laughs> Are we the baddies? <sighs> In the Harry Potter films, we also have oh, the thread yeah. of Hedwig's theme running through all of the films, even though this uh, person only worked on the first. Oh, we'll get to it in a minute. Uh, the Avengers, Lord of the Rings, Indiana Jones, these are all well known for their leitmotifs. As a very quick history aside, 
if we want to find the origin port for leitmotifs, most folks will bring up Wagner, the composer, mm -hmm. uh, because his use of leitmotif in his operas is credited with establishing them as more than an infrequently used tool mm -hmm. to a staple of storytelling in an audiovisual media. Yeah. But we don't do shit with opera. <laughs> like, that's not us. <laughs> that ain't me, dog. I'm sure someone has a great podcast on it. It's not us. It's not us, though. So looking back at film, the composer John Williams is famous for his film scores. Yeah. From Jurassic Park, Jaws, <gasps> N.E.T. Yeah. I love Jurassic to, Park so much. Yes. To some of the series I mentioned earlier, like Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Harry Potter, first through third. Right. Not the ones after that. He yeah. did not do the score for the fourth through eighth. Mm -hmm. uh, his scores are acclaimed and well known for recognizable leitmotifs. Nice. Something people bring up is meaning through repetition. What does the common thread of the leitmotif do? Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, it builds continuity. Hedwig's theme is a thread woven through all of the Harry Potter films. It resituates you in the universe. Yeah. Even within a single work, not a series, it can link the scenes together and importantly, reinforce the narrative arc. Yeah. More on that later. Beyond simple continuity, I i.e. this is a scene within the same film yeah. or a movie in the same series or universe, it can also manipulate our emotions. And that sounds mean, but what I mean by this is that, say, in Lord of the Rings, yeah. there's a happy, peaceful song that always plays when you see the Shire, or when they yeah. mention the Shire. Ooh, the Shire music! The Shire music. I love that. It's warmth and safety and comfort. They establish that very early in the series. But then later, when Frodo has gone through it, and you hear the music, it can be wistful, yearning for a time when things weren't as complicated and painful. Poor Frodo. Poor Frodo, indeed. So, emotions. Yeah. All because of the repetition of a recognizable melody at the right moment. Yeah. You can also look at changing the key or pace of a leitmotif. What was previously bright major chords is now a minor chord or slowed down or played with different instruments. Spooky. <laughs> Maybe we're in an alternate reality and the main melody is suddenly twisted. That elicits a new emotion with the reminder of the original emotion and you have to sit with that. I get mad when I'm manipulated so well. <laughs> like, how dare you? So you played me like a fiddle, you asshole. <laughs> So we have continuity, yeah. establishing mood, influencing emotional responses, and supporting a narrative arc. It's incredibly versatile and can often operate outside of conscious awareness. Mm -hmm. There was an article I read that listed every example of a leitmotif in Undertale and examined, oh. yeah, and examined even if it's not immediately recognizable, it's still telling you something about right. the part of the game or the world you're in. It was a very compelling two-part article. Oh, that's so a good. A two-particle. A two-particle. A <laughs> two-particle. <laughs> So how are leitmotifs used in The Ghost of Mr. Chicken? Yeah. Well, we have that common thread throughout with different instrumentation, pacing, and I think keys. Mm -hmm. I'm not great at hearing keys by ear, but we definitely have that main melody appear yeah. in different ways. It can be energetic, restrained and forlorn, spooky. I said forlorn. It's a, it's a present forlorn. 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 Restrained and forlorn. Spooky. Forlorn is a beautiful name for a baby girl. <laughs> I, okay, always think of it, though, because I'm like, oh, this is for Lauren. And, oh, no, she's sad. <laughs> for Lauren. For Come here, for Lauren. <laughs> Come here. Yeah, it's cute. That's me pretending for I have a child named for Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> for Rory. <laughs> what if she's in trouble? For Lauren, no. <laughs> for Lauren, for Lauren. <laughs> for Lauren, Ann, no. <laughs> okay, sorry. Just some little, yeah. some little role play for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Throughout, however, it's recognizably Luther. So the uh, strings, what I played you like right before we started, I yeah. can't play it on the podcast right. because Sorry. you know copyright and stuff. But uh, the main theme is when you first get like the title sequence and it's like, so that appears throughout the film in multiple different ways. 
Uh, it's following the emotions and experiences of Luther and pulling us along with him. Yeah. Through continuity, we can get a type of immersion, if not in the world, in the emotions of our main character. Yeah. So we have him where he's like stumbling upon his big break and then after he has just been like mocked <laughs> mercilessly and then when he's scared and then when he's trying to be brave. So we get it at multiple different <laughs> we points. We really get it a lot. We get it a lot. So many like motifs are tied to characters instead of locations, for mm-hmm. example. So like the Shire's location, yeah. but then uh, Darth Vader person. Right. Uh, and so mm-hmm. usually, well, a lot of the time, it's just like names theme, like Frodo's theme. Yeah. <laughs> or something like that. Bella's lullaby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's the I wish we were watching Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Did scare me? Uh, it did not. Well, scared me. Well, yeah, I was like, scares me now. (laughs) So in this case, the like Luther's theme is just called main title. Right. But it wouldn't be unusual if it was called Luther's theme. Anyway, the reason I bring that up is because there are beautiful tropey ways that leitmotifs can be highlighted. So let's go back to Darth Vader for a hot second. Yes. The Imperial March always plays for him. It's his entrance music. What are some ways it can be spoofed or manipulated? Well, if it's lampshaded, then another character may say something along the lines of, Darth Vader will be here any minute. I hear his music getting louder. (laughs) If it's parodied, a character might ask Darth Vader to turn it down because they can't hear the conversation over his entrance music. Those are both playing with, like, the idea of the fourth wall or, like, awareness in the scene. So those are different ways that it can be, like, spoofed. Mm -hmm. A light motif can also be used in an action scene as a theme music power-up to signal that the main character is about to be rad as hell. Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) <laughs> just oh indeed oh <laughs> and there are a ton of ways they're used in video games yeah. for boss fights and such right so like the remix of the original one but like power yeah up. you're like oh hell yeah it's happening uh-huh <laughs> happening uh as a summary mm-hmm. i don't know why i felt the need to I just like it. wash on wax on wax yeah off. <laughs> it was nice <laughs> thank you uh so as a summary light motifs are repeated recognizable and associated specifically with a single character place or concept yeah through the repeated linking of this melody with that person place or thing we can set the mood strengthen the narrative arc heighten emotional immersion and create continuity within and across films the score for the ghost of mr chicken is memorable not just for absolutely terrifying me as a child <laughs> but also for the melody woven throughout scenes that brings us along on luther's journey <laughs> absolutely terrifying so that was the mini dive into leitmotifs that's great thank you the music is great i love it's it. awesome uh i want to check in on our experiences this month yeah. because we both chose two films that stuck with us for some reason uh-huh, uh-huh. i had to go back to my childhood to right. play films because honestly we've already covered a lot of the films that scared yeah. me the first time i was gonna I saw say them. i'm like we kind of just yeah yeah so it's like i like We've already covered the films that, like, scared me the most. Right. And so I was like, okay, well, what are the ones that I never rewatched after being frightened the first time? The Changeling. The Changeling. The Ghost of Mr. Chicken. Ugh. So what have your experiences been, like, rewatching? Some rewatching films that the gave ones? you a fright? Um, I will say for The Exorcist, um, I feel like I could appreciate the movie more. Because I never mm. went back and watched it because it scared me so bad yeah. when I was a kid. Um, even though I only saw, like, a few scenes, mm-hmm. you know? So watching it as an adult, I was like, what a beautiful film. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like instead of being scared by it, I was like, oh, art. And so trained. nice. So good. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, was, I was like, it's so nice. Um, for Hereditary, it was good to watch it because like I said, the first time I saw it, I watched it in theaters after uh, an entire night of no sleep. Like just didn't sleep at all. Oh boy. Absolutely had a bunch of coffee to try to wake up and then was just like anxious as hell during the entire movie. So I'm like, well, was the movie scary or was I just like unwell, fucked up on coffee and no sleep? 
Um, no, it's still scary. Yeah, it <laughs> really scary. fucked me up. Watching it the second time, I was like, I don't feel the anxiety that I felt. Well, I did, but not for the same reason. Mm-hmm. And it felt like it had a reason. Does that make sense? Yes. I was anxious when I watched it, but didn't know why because I was all hyped up on coffee. This time I watched it and went, I'm anxious because of the movie. So yeah. that will go away when it ends. And yes. that's good. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> so I still thought it held up. I thought all the movies we watched were great. No, don't. You gave me a look when I said all the movies. This one's fucking great. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've been looking forward. I watched this one. Usually when we have the movie, like I get busy in the week and I'll be yeah. like, oh gosh, I have to watch that. I had this one watched and done by Monday. Oh I was like God. done. I wanted to watch it so bad. We just had talked about it so much. Yeah. I was like, the ghost of Mr. Chicken. Kept teasing it, yeah. <laughs> it did not disappoint. I had a great fucking time. It makes me so happy that you liked it because I was like, what if I've just really bungled this for us? <laughs> I hate to tell you, not once did it scare me, but boy, That's oh boy, valid. did I love this movie so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I laughed myself silly, Kate. <laughs> there, if, if anyone's wondering if this movie does what it advertises, yes, it, it does. does. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. Where are you at with your rewatches? It was great for yeah. me. Like I had seen Hereditary and I'd mm-hmm. seen The Exorcist and I just saw those like when I was older and I right. didn't appreciate either of them the way that I did this time around. Right. Uh, and then for The Ghost of Mr. Chicken, I guess I'm not too big to admit it is uh, much less scary now than it was <laughs> two decades ago. I was worried you were going to be like still just as scary no. and I'd be like. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I was still uh, frightened sometimes. It's still it's still spooky. It's a good spooky. It's like the moments where like things are happening and you're like, oh, what's going to happen next? Because he's like right. being quote unquote haunted. Right. And I couldn't remember all the jump scares. And jump scares, remember, always get me. That's so true. So it had those still. It did. Uh, and then the changeling was really, really great to rewatch. Yeah, that because, one was great. I enjoyed that yeah. one. I think I would enjoy it more going into it again. Yeah. When I'm not rushing to watch it. Yeah. I'm um, watching it in pieces. Yeah. I think I'd like to just like sit through. Yeah. And I had it with like ads too. And I feel like that took that away. Really, yeah. Um, so I'd like to watch that one again. That was good. Yeah. I thought it was fun that like last October we did um, classics. Yeah. And then this one we were like, let's go back to let's our go back. roots. <laughs> like, maybe it's not a classic to everybody, but it's a classic to it's us. It's a classic to us, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean... I don't know. This was fun. Yeah. This was good. I'm excited because our, can we say? I mean, next week. Oh, yeah. Our patron pick pick was everybody putting in what they're scared. I think we talked about it already once. But yes, we put in like what they're scared of and then we'll watch that one next Uh week. And I'm pumped because we we chose it. Yeah. Can't wait. (laughs) It's, uh, I actually haven't seen this one. I haven't either. So. I've seen the. American <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like i'm i'm pumped i'm excited this is just a full like month of really fun movies that yeah. like every time and they've been so different mm-hmm. you've got like the exorcist which is like a classic mm-hmm. you've got hereditary which is modern and more yeah. mind bending and gross yeah changeling which is like another kind of classic yeah. but for other reasons yeah and it's different Artsy it's fartsy yeah. yeah it's like a haunted house with a twist yeah and you got the funniest fucking movie I've ever seen. I swear <laughs> to God. <laughs> so good. Good month. Yeah. I so, have, do you want to hear my notes on this movie? Of course I do. I was going to say let's dive into horror, but there's arguably not a ton Let's here. dive into horror. <laughs> yeah. But more importantly, let's notes. dive into comedy. Yes, please. <laughs> so excited. I had like not even a ton of notes. I just, okay, so I said I love this music. I love uh-huh. the opening. So fun. That was my yeah. first notes. I was already like into it. Um, my next note is that guy got bonked. That did get me. (laughs) The beginning is, um, if you guys aren't ready, 
for just the most yelling and talking over other people in, in your life. Yeah, skip the beginning because... <laughs> I find that to be the most stressful scene in the entire thing. I almost said it was my scariest moment. I think I wrote that in here. I said the scariest part of this movie is the yelling. <laughs> um, Bang! I did love that. So, guy gets bonked. I loved that. I lo- We're starting off with a bonk. With a bonk. Um, bang! Right on the head. With that? <laughs> I said this movie went straight for chaos. Uh-huh. I love it because they establish him as kind of bumbling right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, from the car he drives, which even That's if you don't pick up on that, I love that that was something that you're like, even if you don't know, we'll put it in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's just... Everybody is just so wild, and he's just... He's so excited to have a story. He doesn't even check and see if this guy's alive. <laughs> For people who haven't seen it yet, he's driving and this guy gets hit by like a two by four. Yeah. And he takes a picture of him and he goes, I found a dead body. I just witnessed a murder. Uh-huh. Notably, he is influenced by the screaming woman who insists the that woman he's is dead. Like, he's dead. I she's saw like, Murder. Murder. <laughs> and she's just screaming. Yeah. He got, what is it? Bang. Right bang. On right on the head. And you're like, Oh, God. And she yeah. says it like a million times. Yeah. And I loved it. Um, and then I <laughs> said, bang right in the head. <laughs> One of the lines that got me and made me laugh so hard <laughs> is when he says something about his badge. He's like, yeah. look at that. You even have your, your dry cleaning tag, yep. whatever. And he goes, that's my press badge and you know it. Yep. <laughs> it's the you know it. The, you know it. <laughs> and he turns away like right away. He's like, and you know it. And turns. <laughs> this movie is so fast but they never miss it like there's yeah. never a moment where like the 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 what is it the comedic ball is yeah. dropped it's just so fucking funny and quick and like if you're not paying attention it's like oh my god you're gonna miss a million lines yeah. it reminded me of the host for like the speed <laughs> yeah. at which it just keeps laying it yes. on it was just like oh, okay okay i felt like i was watching the fastest tennis match of my life but there were like nine people on each team. Yeah. I was losing it. Um, <laughs> it was so good. Um, and also there were a lot of good like old timey sayings that just killed me. What was it? Go down the alley and yell, holler oh, fish. Why don't you run up the alley and holler fish? Yep. <laughs> huh? I had to Google huh? it. It's uh, a thing from like his childhood or something about. Yeah. I had to Google what it was. <laughs> I was like, I don't know Run up the alley is. and holler fish. Uh-huh. Why don't you? Uh, right after he said that, immediately we saw Alma, and I said, that girl is so cute. So cute. So I was like, look at that adorable little darling. Mm-hmm. Didn't even know she was wearing a wig. Good wig. Yeah. Unlike, what did we watch? We were like, bad wig, but in like a fun uh, way. Oh, Evil, evil Dead. Dead. <laughs> we were like, bad wigs, but it works. Man the wigs. <laughs> Man the wigs, please. Um, also, the, <laughs> this was not like, this movie felt obviously like yeah it's from the 60s it's from Mm -hmm. the 60s yeah so like you can tell it's from the 60s whatever but i was expecting much worse uh, racism yes yeah i was expecting like a lot of bad things you know that were just casual back then because it's the 60s casual ableism casual racism yes very much so but honestly not nearly as much as anticipated except for the one moment where this guy just like casually harasses this poor girl at the bank he's just like that's my favorite sweater you wear i love that sweater Mm -hmm. and she's just like (laughs) yeah then he just goes okay bye (laughs) it was so casual and so fast that i was like it's horrible but also like the fact that they were like throw it in real quick make sure everyone knows he loves that sweater Mm -hmm. and i couldn't tell if they were trying to make by his wife 
Yeah, I couldn't tell if it was making they were trying to make him look like a creep no or idea. I couldn't I, tell. I don't know how to parse that like right in the like, 60s. Right, I could not tell. Um also, Luther orders soup. That's a man after my own heart right there. Mm. I <laughs> That part is one of the funniest <laughs> when she's just like, "Can you manage?" and he's just like slurping his soup standing up. <laughs> yeah. I can't. The soup is on the table. He does not have a seat because a gentleman no. was still sitting there and it was the only table available. So Alma's sitting and the fella's finishing his jello and Luther's slurping soup that's like just feet like, away from his mouth. And he like slowly lifts it all the way like, up from the table. <laughs> the guy finally is like, he, what? He's like having a conversation and the guy looks at him like he's trying to listen and he goes, Are you done with your jello? <laughs> and the guy's like, All right. But then Ollie sweeps <laughs> it. Swoops, not sweeps. Wrong vowels. He sweeps, he swoops. He does it all. <laughs> but I laugh so hard. I was like, this man can't sit. And then when he's like, put it on my tab. And she's like, you don't have one. And he's like, fair enough. But he comes <laughs> back in pace. He's <laughs> like digging through all of his pockets. I just, I loved it so much. I was having a grand old time. <laughs> and there's like a part when he finally gets to the haunted house. <laughs> one, I figured, okay, this might not be how they do it. Like now, mm-hmm. but I found a guy on TikTok who shows you how he makes cobwebs in movies and stuff. Oh, it's so cool! I need to know. Um, it's a glue gun, yeah. but it's a specialty glue gun that has a fan in it. Yeah. So when you push it, it makes little tiny strings and then blows it, and you can just aim it at things and make cobwebs. That's so cool. So I saw this. Um, you know, uh, I don't know why I'm like, what is this? I saw this movie and I was like, I don't think that's how they did it, but their cobweb budget was yeah. beautiful. They had so many good spider webs. Um, this felt like, what is like the opposite of that lived-in feeling? This just felt like a set, but not in a bad way. Uh, staged? Like, yeah. Like, it was so staged, yeah. but I didn't care because it was so fun. Yeah. It wasn't like we were in, not like the Changeling, where like it was supposed to be an old house, but it wasn't comically old. Yeah. It was just old. You believed it. You are like, oh yeah, it's old. Yeah. This house, I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, we need a suit it. of armor. <laughs> they were like, cover everything in cobwebs. Everything you can see. And it was so good. I I wish that I had paid more attention to lighting or sound or anything. But truly, I was just laughing and I was just enjoying the movie. I have a Foley note for you. Just because. Oh, the Foley. Foley so, in the 1960s and 70s is always so good. Give it, me this note. I'm ready. To me, it wasn't juicy. It was crisp. So yes. like, instead of being like juicy like a peach, it was crisp like an apple. I feel like you get juicier in 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. And in 60s, you get that like hard yeah, boom. when he's like stepping on the stairs, yes. you get those good creaks. You get the heel clicks. It was clicks. so it good. Was, Everything is so spot on yeah. and like good. And oh. I love Foley from older movies. Mm-hmm. I don't. It's probably not even called Foley, but that's what we're calling it now. So everyone, shut up. Mind your business. Mind your business. All the people that didn't say anything at all to all us. All the people who are not yelling at us. <laughs> you shut up. <laughs> I don't feel attacked at all right now, Kate. I swear to God. I'm not feeling very I'm not attacked feeling right attacked, now. So stop. <laughs> um, but no, Foley's great. I wish that I had noticed more like actually with it, but I was, this is one of those movies where I just wanted to watch it so mm-hmm. bad. So I'll just say my favorite parts. One of the parts when he comes in and looks in the mirror, he does it like four times. He looks in the mirror and he's scared. And he looks away and he looks back and he's like, it's me. Looks again. Is it's still it? me? And I'm like, oh God. <laughs> I was waiting for a jump scare. Yes. And I'm like, nope, it's just him. They do such a good job of making it like, 
there are jump scares that are genuinely jump scares and they're supposed to be scary. Yes. And then there are scares that could happen, but really it's just Don Knotts being like, I'm afraid of everything. Yeah. And so they're keeping us on our toes by like keeping him on his toes. He's like, surely something's going to be in that mirror. And then it's just him. And you're like, yeah, right. There's going to be something. No, it's just Don Knotts being like, oh, <laughs> it's so good. And then there's the elevator part. The elevator. <laughs> Don't even get me started on the elevator. Oh, ass over tea kettle. God, that's my fucking favorite the scene. The which one? Well, there are two elevators getting off the elevator and getting on the elevator. When he falls, when he just fucking launches into the elevator. <laughs> it's like up and down and up and down. It's an old-fashioned elevator. Oh, the elevator caretaker. The elevator attendant. Attendant, engineer, <laughs> master, artist. The elevator artist is trying to land them on the right floor, but he keeps getting a foot up or a foot down. Yeah, and he's like, and, oh, uh, oh, oh, oh. And he's like, I can do it. I can do it. He's like, uh, step up, please. Or, uh, step down, step please. Step down, please. He just launches himself into it. And also, you can tell where I started, like, getting too into the movie because I stopped taking my notes at the elevator. It says the elevator, but it's so good. And I just didn't take it anymore. Um, one of my other favorite parts is when he runs into the mannequin, which is very scary. Like, mm-hmm. mannequins are just terrifying. Yeah. He runs into the mannequin, and he, like, kind of threatens to fight it. He, like, lifts his arm, like, I'll punch you. And then he goes, well, sorry. It, like, starts yeah. to, like, fix the outfit, and he keeps fixing it for so long and putting his hand on the chest to be like, you good? <laughs> and it's like, no, Luther, it's not real. <laughs> and he's just like, you all right? And he does it for so like, long. He's like, dress for him. And I just, oh, that man's comedic timing he knew when to keep a bit going for just yeah. a little too long to make it... Ju- like, when he kept looking in the mirror. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we know it's you. You know it's you. He was like, one more. <laughs> one more again? <laughs> he was good. Yeah. Oh, Honestly, those are my... I just loved it. I... Uh, I, I have uh, the crisp foley. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a near Pavlovian response to the organ music. <laughs> And then it's me trying to remember, like, I did not remember the plot. Yeah. Clearly, because I forgot there was a courtroom scene. (laughs) The courtroom scene is so good. And it's like, I just remembered the organ and the secret staircase. That's pretty much everything I remembered. And so I was like, was it Mr. Kelsey? Because they mentioned the garden shears and like all these things. And so I'm like trying to spin my theories that ended up being correct. Yeah. And I was proud of myself. But then I was like, don't be too proud. You might have just remembered it. Uh, and so I have a lot of notes about that and the way they make it like every town USA, Rachel, Kansas, home plate for wheat and democracy. And it's like <laughs> baseball, wheat, They got voting. it all in there. <laughs> yeah. They were like, we know what the people like. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, okay. Uh, so they have just like very big characters, which yes. is a comedy. Like that's right. the thing they do. But the way that all of the other characters had like a very flat archetypal Mm -hmm. like manner yeah so like uh ollie is the asshole right and uh nicholas and his lawyer are like the big city rich guys because they literally are like who are you to challenge us like you're just from a small town it's like oh you said the the part that everyone's just supposed to intuit yeah and so it's like okay all the characters are very like flat in the way that they're like overdone but they're one dimensional right and i was like does that like invite more space for luther and then i started going down that path i was like no it's just a comedy like right they just play him up that's just the part uh but it felt like you know when you're watching scooby-doo mm-hmm. as we do all the time yeah Scooby-Doo a lot. true uh and the background is very flat and like um dull colors yeah 
but then the book on the shelf that will be the thing is always pull, so like it's like brighter yeah and it's more detailed and it like stands out from the rest yeah so it felt like that for like it did it had like scooby-doo real vibes like real scooby-doo like it was so good uh Uh, this was an hour in when there was a half hour left i said how is there only a half hour left i remember most of this being scares for some reason And then I had a hard time oh, keeping god. the elderly white men separated in my oh brain. Oh my god, there were so many. I truly so many. was losing track. Uh, and so I have, he made bitter eye contact with the fella on the way in. The gardener? I'm having a hard time. Right? I was like, who? So, what now? <laughs> I think it was the gardener though, right? Because he was yeah. like, he wouldn't let me in. I'm like, okay, yeah. Yeah, because it's like when Nicholas is entering the courtroom and he like makes dirty eye contact. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that has to be Mr. Kelsey. Yeah. Um... He slowly walks up the spiral stairs. This movie scared me shitless as a kid. <laughs> I'm just like remembering and like putting my like run out of the room fear up right. against the. Huh. <laughs> uh, and then watch the prints on those. Like when he's like handling the shears. So every, funny. Yep, every hand he has. And he's just like, Prince. Uh, and then it's like, that's right, karate made my whole body a weapon. <laughs> I laughed so hard when he's just like, when he literally punched him and the guy doesn't even turn and he goes, knock it off. Yep. He's like, you stay out of this. <laughs> and I'm like, he didn't even look at him. He was uh-huh. just like, I don't need your frail body to hit me. Like, stop. It's like a non-thread. He like I, puts oh. up his little fist like he's going to punch him and then just runs and throws his entire body. He's like, I will be the battering ram. I was like, did they, I, like the way he fell made me feel like, I'm like, did he even know he was going to just throw his whole body? Were they just like, do something? He went, okay. <laughs> and he launched himself. <laughs> Oh, God. and then my last note, uh, boy Luther. <laughs> Did you know the person who yells boy Luther is the writer? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> boy Luther. That's my favorite running gag. That, the Bon Ami was really good. Bon and then, really good. Attaboy. Like, Attaboy. God, that fucking got me. I laughed so hard when the teacher was up there and he'd given like, her a little. I helped you, Luther. I hope I helped you, Luther. And he's like, No. Like, no, you'd eat the center around the grass. That was so funny. He's like, well, that doesn't mean anything. We all got that. He's like, no, no, no. Yep. I also laughed really hard when he was like, he did tell those boys that he found a skeleton. And he goes, a squirrel, a squirrel. I never claimed it was a human I skeleton. I never said it was a human. <laughs> I just, he jumps up with so much anger. A squirrel. He's so upset. He's like, how dare you? I will not be maligned this way. It's just. Oh. This movie has all the classic, like, lighting this, that. I feel like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like I could watch a million movies that look just like this. Mm-hmm. But it's the acting and the little gags that just set it apart and make it so fun. Yeah. Luther's great. I think the story is great. I love that it's him being like, I want to be a writer. And everyone's like, yeah, but you just make up weird shit. <laughs> He's just like, no, I don't. <laughs> the awfulness and terribleness will truly yeah. never be forgotten or something. The awfulness and terrible. It was like the awfulness of this terrible crime yep. or something horrible. Yep. Oh, I just, man. Oh, I love him. <laughs> a ridiculous film, one could say. Oh, it's so ridiculous but so fun everybody i highly recommend it i <laughs> scary not i mean it, i will say it's not scary necessarily unless you're eight which that makes sense but it is spooky and fun eight or kate. like the haunted <laughs> you're eight or kate yeah. um but it is fun like it does have like good spooky haunted house vibes yeah they nailed it oh yeah i mean it looks like 
I don't know. It looks like a haunted house that you would yeah. go through. It's like they packed you know? in all the haunted house scares, but yeah. put it in a comedy package. So it's like, okay, you have the cobwebs, you have the mystery music, right. you have the Peter Patters, you have the evil laugh. But then Don Knotts is literally like knocking his knees and yeah. he's so scared. And it's like, okay. He's running into things that like are scary, but his reaction to it is so funny that it's like, okay, yeah. And when he's throwing the books, he's like, I throw a book. Uh, and then I throw a book. And he just and keeps throw throwing the books because he's like, I swear. <laughs> Oh, it was a fun time. It was a good time. It was a good time. Oh, God. That's horror. That's Slash horror. Comedy. Slash comedy. I wish I, like I said, I wish I had more notes on any kind of lighting or anything, but I was just so, I was so enamored with the acting. I took half of the notes that I usually Me do. Too. Yeah. But it, I, the character, like you said, with the, like, everybody playing, like, an archetype of a, a certain character just works so well in this because that's all I needed. Yeah, everyone just played their part so well that I was on board the yeah. whole time. It was good. Yeah, it, it's just fun. Ah, oh, good time, good time. The scariest moment. I, I, don't I, you go first, and I'll, I'll I do have my... three. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. He has fallen through the um, porch into the coal chute. Yes, and he is like brushing himself off yeah. and he's like very slowly walking up the stairs this is your first time inside the house yeah you don't know what's in there it's and true. he is very quietly walking anything could scare him then the record player suddenly starts that was good and it sounded almost like a mariachi band <laughs> like, I, mean, I thought that too i was like what the hell yeah interesting and vibe. so it's a jump scare yeah uh when he hears like all the pitter pattern, like the noise and it's like okay yeah. someone's like he thinks ollie's trying to scare him and then the organ music starts up Tell me organ music isn't scary to you in a minor key. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> it is. It's like that music, just like, organ music is just scary no yeah. matter what. Yeah. I think part of it's also that I grew up doing like lock-ins at my church. Oh, God. And it, like we would we play, play the organ. Um, well, yeah, we had like this huge fucking organ yeah. in the choir loft. But then there was also... Um, we would do lock-ins between you stay overnight and yeah. we would play sardines I with love just sardines. flashlights. And so Ugh. all the lights in the entire place are off. Yeah. And so like every now and then someone like goes and plays the organ to scare people. So like a lot of my childhood you got some, fear. Yeah, you already got some issues with organs. I see. I do, yes. <laughs> uh, so like that starts and you're like, what the actual fuck? And yeah. uh, so like I can see how it's funny. Right. I also think it's scary. <laughs> And then the moment where, like, everything has just happened. Yeah. Where it's like, holy shit, there's all these noises. There's laughing. There's a secret tunnel. There's a lot more spider webs than you thought there could be. The organ's playing by itself. Blood on the piano keys. Even with the bonhomie. And then he runs downstairs. Shears in the neck. And it's just like... Bonhomie. It's like just the straw. The final straw is a bleeding painting. I know. And he literally passes out from fright. And I'm just like, ah! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, those are good. (laughs) I will say, <laughs> if I if I had to pick a scariest moment, I think the two that got the closest to being scary for me would be when he runs into the mannequin because I did think it was a person. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I was like, oh, <laughs> I did the go, oh wow, and oh. then he did the funniest thing in the world. So that immediately was hilarious. Um, and then the shears in the neck. I, I thought that was that was spooky. I wasn't expecting it. Uh-huh. Um, so when they showed the shears, I was like, oh, yeah. they got me. But yeah. you know my funniest moment? Of course I The one that killed me 
is when he walks out of the house after everyone has left and he uh-huh. hears the organ music and he starts looking around furiously to find someone and a dog just crosses the road and for a hot second he goes, like he's going to go tell the dog, like, mm-hmm. hey, it's happening. And then he goes, that's a dog. And he like <laughs> thinks like they're not it, trustworthy, goes it's, inside. It's the like, oh, what should I do? What should I do? There's a dog. What? what? And then he's like, no, 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 it's ridiculous. Like, I laughed for like a solid two minutes. Just like didn't even hear what was happening because I was dying thinking about this dog being like, okay. And he's like, the organ music's playing. I said it would. And the dog's like, all right. God. My funniest moment is right before he goes to stay in the house and he's watching the clock with the three old women. Yes. And they all give him like kisses on the cheek, like goodbye, oh Luther. And he's like, I'll see you in the morning. God willing. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. Goodbye, Luther. I love when he hands him the flashlight yep. and he's just like, oh. uh-huh. God willing. <laughs> it's so oh, good. Man. Well, I'm so excited for tropes because there's so many. I, I, I can imagine. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. Uh, so this one was listed and I wanted to kind of explore it because it's called yeah. Batman Gambit. And we've had this before. Oh, yeah, it's we have. And someone's plan hinges on the person doing exactly what they do. Right. So in Batman, it's like, well, you know, the Joker's always going to Classic do Joker. X thing. Right. And Batman will always try to save an innocent. So, like, the Joker can lure Batman into a trap by right. saying, oh, look, an innocent that tripped. Uh, and so, like, the Batman game, that type of thing. Um, and so, the folks on tvtropes.org, thank you, tvtropes.org, said that, um, the, Nick's idea was that everyone gets scared out. Yeah. Or, like, everyone leaves because Luther is, um has been proved wrong. Right. And so that he can then go in and do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. House because like he has ruined Luther. No one believes him. Everyone's left foiled because Alma Foil. wanted to solve it. She was very Velma slash Daphne. Oh yeah. And so like it was ruined because like he expected mm-hmm. everyone to leave. Right. But she was like, I believe in this weird scrawny man. She loves them. <laughs> I don't. My biggest critique of this film no chemistry. Not like, even a little bit. And then they slightly. end up married. They kiss I'm at like, the end and I go, holy vey. Like, like, ooh, <laughs> uncomfortable. Uh, let's see. This one is the butt monkey. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's the character that like everything goes wrong for them. So it's Charlie and the Peanuts. Monkey. Where it's like, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's Luther in this because like he thinks he stumbled upon a murder. Luther. No, he thinks this. No, like, he is always the butt of people's jokes. He is the butt monkey. Can't get over butt monkey. <laughs> uh, chess master. Oh. So the person that is moving all the pieces on the board oh. and is, like, planning everything, they thought, like, seven steps ahead. It's Mr. Kelsey. Yeah. Because, like, this was part of my notes where uh, in the beginning, like, when he's trying to arrange, like, he's planting the seed in Luther's mind mm-hmm. of, like, you should do this thing. And then... Uh, he, like, introduces the idea to all the other people in charge of the paper, so Ollie and Beckett, in a way that it makes them think it was their idea. Right. And then he's like, oh, did you hear that, Luther? And so, like... I loved him. He was great. And so it's like, even before I knew that this was the trope that was going to come in, I was like, oh, he's, like, moving the pieces on the board to line everything up to get Luther the story. And it's because he's the chess master and, like, he is arranging everything. I, as soon as he mentioned, like, that it was his gardening shears or he was the gardener, yeah. like, in the beginning, I was like, well, he's got to be important then because 
Yeah. How could someone so close to this family with all this tragedy just not know what happened? Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that, yeah. I liked him. Then we have a damsel in distress. Classic. Because Alma's plucky, but she's ultimately kind of Daphne. Yeah. In that, oh no, the big tall man got her. And uh, then she is saved by Luther just ramming his body into someone else. Absolutely love that he told him the plan in front of this man. He uh-huh. was like, go around, get get him in the back, get him behind. And he's just yeah. like, he's looking at you say this to him. And Luther's mm-hmm. like, yeah, all right. He's like, oh. oh that's good like, stuff. It just speaks to how you should never underestimate. Never underestimate. Yeah. Uh, this is Luther, short kings everywhere. Short kings <laughs> everywhere. You can do it. You can do whatever you Throw want. Throw your body at him. Yeah. Body's a weapon. No, you've got it, short king. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say, speaking of, but it's not. Uh, the next trip is Darkest Hour. <laughs> speaking of short kings, the Darkest Hour. <laughs> uh, so it's when the person is like everything that can go wrong has, and yeah. usually it's like they have been built up to this like pedestal, and then everything's ripped out from under them. So like Hercules has this moment. Right. Uh, so does Luther. <laughs> When he is the town hero, and then he goes through this, and then he's trying to show everyone going through the house, like, this happened, then this happened, Nothing and none works. of the things are happening. Yeah. So his darkest hour. Oh. Um, let's see. Failed dramatic exit. This is the uh, soup. The Put it on my tab. You don't have a tab. You don't have a tab. And he's like, oh, fuck. Haunted house. Haunted house. Mm-hmm. Henpecked husband. Okay. So I really had a, I had a time. I ended up just like putting it to the side and not letting myself think about it. The banker, the banker's wife. Yeah. Because like her like spiritualism and all that stuff, like that's a separate gag on right. its own. I was like, that's its own thing. And then he has his sexism and like um, harassing his subordinates at work. Right. And then together she has 51% of the stock. And it tells him what to do, and he tries to fight it, and she's like, no, 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 no. this is what you're going to do. And then he, like, just, like, mortified, tells Nick, I'm sorry, I can't sell you the house my wife said not to. <laughs> and I was like, I don't, I don't know how this would have been taken in the 60s. Right. I know what the overarching, like, stereotypes were. Right. And I don't know how to take it now. <laughs> right? I'm like, I don't know. I and don't so know. it's like, can I, like, pull out moments of, like, I don't know. I had, a, I had a time, so they I just, like, pushed group. it to the side. <laughs> yeah. Uh, lovable coward. Yeah. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, he's not, like, ditching his friends. Like, he goes back in when he, like... Oh, yeah. Yeah. When you need him most, he's there. Mm-hmm. Putting his fingerprints all over the garden shoes. All over. Uh, maybe magic, maybe mundane. Because <laughs> if you recall, the very last scene... Yeah. He marries Alma... And they're mm-hmm. playing the wedding march, and then suddenly the organ starts playing the creepy I music. I thought for sure the gardener was gonna pop his head out and go, "It's just me," and then he didn't, and I was like, "Oh, magic!" Mm-hmm. Fourth scariest moment. That's yeah, that was my scariest. <laughs> <laughs> Ominous pipe organ. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I had that uh, running gag. We talked about that. Yeah, yeah. About the attaboy, the bon ami. That yeah. was so good. Uh, theme and variation soundtrack and leitmotif. Oh, we yeah, talked yeah. about that in Nerd Corner. Yeah, we sure did. Um, took a level in jerk ass. That's when Ollie goes from just being like, just a shithead <laughs> yeah, to, to like, like oh, a whatever. villain. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when the clock strikes 12. <laughs> I, will, I love it. I love dramatic clock dong. Dongs. I don't know why it's a dongs and immediately I regretted it. I love it. a dramatic dong. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was my last trope, so now you have to sit on the dramatic dog. 
Mix it with, I guess, is the better way. That's of way better. <laughs> I'm in hell. <laughs> I want to sit with a nong. <laughs> Can't believe you've done this. We have to give it a rating scale. Yeah. Not dongs. Don't oh. even. Attaboys. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I do like that quite a bit. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you. I was trying to think of more and I went, it's too late. That one's already in the, <laughs> like, it's there. <laughs> Attaboy, Luther. <laughs> it always got me. Oh, man. I've got my rating. Are you ready? I'm having a hard time. You're having a hard time? Yeah. I'm not. <laughs> okay. One, two, three. <laughs> That's a perfect like, ten out of boys. Ten out of boys. <laughs> was this the scariest movie? Yes. No. Kate, no. It wasn't. It was not the scariest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> but. Arguably not very scary at all. <laughs> was it spooky though? Absolutely. Uh-huh. Was it fucking hilarious? <laughs> yes. This is, without a doubt, don't let the fact that this is a short episode fool anybody. This is one of the best ones we've done so far. Oh my God. I had so much fun. This fucking dog in the mannequin. There were just so many standout parts that made me laugh so hard that I just had a blast. And the last time, I want to say the last time we had an episode this short was another movie that we also gave Perfect 10 yeah. and it was Get Out. Oh yeah. So... Sometimes the movie's just so good, you don't yeah. have a ton to say. You really yeah. just like, it's a good one. It's a good one, yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's the 60s. Yeah. Take everything with a grain of salt. Yeah. We know this. We talk about it every time. There are qualms. We know. Yeah. <laughs> but as just a fun movie, to have a good time. It's a nice little Absolute five. For me. Yeah. So what are your reasons? <laughs> five out of boys. Five out of boys. Because I think it's a great family film. I think you should show it to every Fun. eight-year-old. <laughs> every I think eight-year-old that they should have an emotional it. journey. <laughs> uh, <sighs> no, but actually, like, re-watching this was truly very fun. Mm-hmm. Because I got to see, like, oh, that's what actually scared me. Like, that is what right. actually made me very uneasy as a child. I could definitely see this being scarier when I was little. Yeah. Like, 100%. And it's like, I know this is not a scary movie it's now. Fun. But there was just this fun mix of nostalgia. Yeah. Because my parents love this movie. Mom quotes it a lot. And, but you're dead. Like that. <laughs> and uh, it was really fun to like hold up the memory of like being a kid watching it versus being like almost 30 and watching it. Right. Uh, it's funny as hell. The physical comedy, like the elevator scene. Yeah. Had me in stitches. <laughs> I had to pause it and take it back one more again because I was just like, how could you? in there. <laughs> just whoop. And then he, you don't get those like falls anymore. No. Because like they used to do the over the top. Yeah. Like his ass literally goes above the level of his head. He does a full somersault into the elevator. It does. excellent. Ooh. And five out of boys. Yeah. I'm going to watch it again. I know. I'm like, I already want to watch it again. It. I, I thought the same it. thing. I was like, why didn't I just buy this movie? That's a perfect 10 out of boys. I would, yeah. this would be, I, I could picture this as like a fun movie you would watch like every Halloween. Yeah. You know, yeah, like. Kind of like how Christmas Story is. Yeah. Like, yeah. And like some people watch like Hocus Pocus or whatever. Yeah. Like I could see this becoming a Halloween movie that is like, oh, got to get into the Halloween spirit. Yeah. It's just fun. Oh, It's a good time. If you don't feel like being terrified, I muted this and it still popped up. Did you hear the sound? I did, yeah. I don't like that. <laughs> Ghost? I don't like it. All right. 
But yeah, perfect 10. Perfect 10 out of boys. So that loved it. wraps up our very lengthy discussion. Yeah. <laughs> Dang, it's long. Oh, man. Will they even make it through? I don't know. Uh, that wraps up our discussion of the ghost of Mr. Chicken. Yeah. If you enjoyed your time with us today, we'd really appreciate it if you'd rate and review on Apple Podcasts. That helps other folks find us. And it's also just cool to see what you have to say. Love it. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at... Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> That's how I say it in my head. The old That's... Twitter. I never let myself say it out loud until this moment when I was already weak. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter. Uh, just cool with it. And every Wednesday we'll post the movie of the week. Uh, and then we have some other stuff that we'll post throughout the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can check out our extended show notes on our website, justcoolwithitpod.com. Or maybe even take a look at our Patreon at patreon.com slash justcoolwithit. This last weekend, we did the horror game stream. Oh, that was so funny. Mortuary assistant. <laughs> we were dressed up. It was so fun. We had two very different outfits. Yes. It was hilarious. Yes. It was great. Who was the spooky one and who was the adorable one? It's not who you think. It's not who you think. (laughs) (laughs) But I can't wait to play that again. I know. I I was so afraid of playing it, but it was actually great. Even if we start over, I'm like, I don't care. I had such a blast. Yeah. And a little quicker now that I know how to stitch up the gums. Yeah. We sat there for so long. We're like, this game's dumb. And then we're like, oh, it's just a button. You just push a button. button. (laughs) Got it. (laughs) We were thinking too hard. Oh, way too hard. Okay. We'd like to take this opportunity to thank our patrons. Kim, Kelly, Nihar, Will, Rachel, Kelsey, Sula, Tim, Beth, Kayla, Meg, Katie, Morgan, Brady, Kenny, Janice, and Brian. Woo! Woo! Love them. Oh, they're great. The intro and outro music was created by Anthony Roxella. The cover art? It's by our very own Nikki Solomon. But she's dead! <laughs> <laughs> I saw the light in your eyes and was like, something's about to happen to me. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, what am I going to do this time? And then it came to me. <sighs> Dodd knots moved in her. <laughs> Worst sentence I've said today. I, I feel Dodd knots in this house tonight. <laughs> I do. He's here. Oh, I just, I don't know. I'm worried about how many times I did a Dodd knots impression in this episode and how many are going to make the cut. I don't know. I'm worried. The court would like to bring the episode to the stand. I wish that we had someone to edit these now because I don't want to listen to it. I don't want to hear myself do a Todd Knotts impression like every five minutes. I'm excited. <laughs> Stop it, I'm terrified. <laughs>